come on, would you just give Jesus a really, really big shout today? Come on, can we just bless the Lord? He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. Amen. Come on, are you blessed in the house of the Lord today? Oh, man, I think you need to touch your neighbor and tell him, I'm real blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm real blessed. I'm stoked to be here at the Promise Church this morning. Thank you, Pastor Cindy. How many of you guys are so grateful for God and what he's doing in Pastor Cindy's life and, and how he's anointed her? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow. I, I just feel, I feel a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. I got all the feels today. I'm excited because I feel like the Lord has a fresh word for us this morning, and uh, as, we, as we go into the word, I, I'm not going to read a really long passage. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures, and I'm going to share with you what's on my heart, and, and, and I'm going to give you the message before I give you the message, okay? Today is a day that God wants to distribute supernatural gifts to his church. It's really good. And I'm, I'm telling you, today is a, is a day where God is going to pour out his spirit on us, and we're going to walk out of this room with supernatural power in our lives like we never had before. You believe it? Yeah. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we, we honor you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for what you want to do in each individual's lives today. Not just a token few that are maybe we're more hungry or whatever. No, every single person in the room and watching online, thank you that you have something you want to give. And Lord, we pray. We, we say we open our hearts and we receive the power of the Spirit of God to not only transform our lives, but to be like a river that flows through us to the world around us. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way. Just say that with me. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Woo! Say it again. Holy Spirit, have your way. <laughs> oh, man, I feel, the, I feel the anointing. This is so good. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your spirit. Uh, uh, I want to pray for you, Pastor Cindy, before, before we get in the, in the word. Can we do that? Can you just stand real quick? Lord, just stretch out your hands. Lord, we thank you for, for what you're doing in Pastor Cindy's life. And, and Lord, we thank you for the anointing that's on her. And thank you that this is a day. I'm telling you, as we're worshiping, I saw you. And it's Isaiah 61 where he said that it's beauty for ashes. And I see you rising up with strength. And the Lord says, I've called you for such a time as this. And there's an anointing that's like, this is crazy. I never said this before to anybody. But there's an anointing like Joan of Arc where there's like, this fierce warrior anointing that God's putting on you to be like a spearhead to take the church to the next level, to take the, the ministry to another level. And Joan of Arc, she had this desire in her heart to, to fight and to free her nation and do all these things. But it was hard because everyone like that was in her culture and all that stuff, they didn't think that she could do it because she was a woman. But and, and well, side note, the Catholic Church martyred her because she, you know, had some things. But it, and actually, it wasn't really bad. It's because she was it's because she was a woman and dressed up in, in an armor and they said you're cross-dressing but how many of you know they just they just had religious spirit anyway and I'm saying she, she but she had a vision from God I'm telling you she had a vision from God that she was supposed to do what she was supposed to do with the army to lead her people and I'm and I'm telling you the Lord is, is dropping blueprints he's dropping fresh vision 
I'm, I'm telling you, it, this is the hour where you're going to lead the church in such a way that's going to be like Joan of Arc leading the charge. And the naysayers and the people who will come against, they will fall to the wayside. The Lord said they'll come at you in one way, but they'll flee from you in seven ways. And the word of the Lord for you in this season is to move forward, arise and shine, and to declare the word of the Lord. And, and this, I'm telling you, there's going to be an anointing for prophecy that's going to come on you in a greater dimension than you've ever walked in before. The spirit of the Lord is going to begin to prophesy. And there's this prophetic Woo, it's like a it's like a prophetic oil that God's pouring on you. That happened when Saul, like when Saul got in the company of the prophets and he began to prophesy with them. It's like the Lord saying, You're not only a king or a queen, but there's a prophetic on you as well. You you have that 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 this dual anointing, the double-edged sword of the Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you. This is your hour. We declare and prophesy, this is your hour. This is your time. Arise and shine and just take that. That, uh, that fresh oil, the prophetic anointing, and the crown of the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you, the Lord is honoring you. The Lord is honoring you. And he said he, in Psalm 8, he crowns us with glory and with honor. It's time to lead the charge. And it's time to run fiercely because the righteous are as bold as lions. In Jesus' name. Wow. Somebody give the Lord praise. Wow. Uh, before we get into the message, <laughs> I, I feel like the Lord wants to pray, wants to minister to a couple people for healing that I was in Temecula last Friday, like two days ago, whatever, you know, whatever it's Sunday. I don't, I just, I feel like every day just mushes together for me nowadays. Uh, but I was in Temecula and God was healing neuropathy. I think three people, they had neuropathy in their feet. I think it was like two or three people just bam, the, the feeling came back. Do you guys know what that, they lose feeling in there, the sensitivity and the nerves and all that. But I felt like the Lord wanted to minister to some people in their hands that they, there's numbness in your hands and neuropathy in your hands. Is that people in the room who, who has, who's dealing with that in the room today over here on this side, anyone on this side, just stand. If that's you, just stand where you are. If you can just stand, and I want to pray for you, and then I, I would like to, uh, if there's people around you, you can lay hands on them as well. But just put your hands out like this, and, and then if there's someone next to you, just you can put your hand on their shoulder or, or in an appropriate place. And Lord, we just release resurrection power, and we thank you in the name of Jesus for the neuropathy to get out and healing virtue to go in. We declare in Jesus' name, whoo, I'm going to come over here. I'm going to put my hands on you. Lord, we thank you for resurrection power to go into these hands. Lord, we thank you for the nerves to come back alive. We thank you, Lord, for the feelings to come back. We thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for power. Woo! Wow. You're like a sponge. Take some more of that. Lord, we just thank you for the spirit of God to just fill her afresh. <laughs> and Lord, we thank you for neuropathy in the hands. And if you got it in the feet, just take it too. But I felt like the Lord was highlighting the hands back there and over here. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. I command neuropathy out and I command healing and, and, and the feeling to come back into their hands now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to do something you couldn't do. I want you to clap. I want you to, I want you to slap somebody. No, I'm, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to test it out. I want to see what the Lord's doing in you guys. Can you, can you guys notice it? What's that? She feels feeling going up her hands right now. Come on. Praise the Lord. Can you guys move, test something out? 
I don't know if you need to poke, get a key out and poke your hand. I don't know. The lady, it was so crazy. On, on Friday, uh, her feet got healed. And it's always weird because, like, I'm not, I don't really want to touch people's feet. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I said, go ahead, test it out. Not me. But she started poking and scratching her. And it was, like, hurting because she's like, oh, I can feel again. And she posted on her Instagram. She's like, I'm going to go get a, is it pedicure? Manicure's hands, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> she said, I'm going to go get a pedicure now. I could actually, you know, whatever. So praise God, you can feel over here. What about, so over, what about over here? Okay, I know you felt it, but did you feel it? I know that, I know that you felt it, but did you feel it in your hand? She said, yeah, come on. Somebody thank Jesus. And back here, what's going on? It's coming. Come on. I, and I need to pray for uh, a couple more people that, that the Lord put on my heart to pray for people who are dealing with the effects of long COVID. And, and sometimes what happens is we hate that nasty little thing, don't we? That COVID thing that just came. Uh, I, the room got awkward when I said COVID. Why are you guys being awkward right now? Don't be awkward about that. <laughs> the thing's under our feet, okay? All right? Don't. <laughs> but the Lord wants to heal the effects whether you lost a sense of taste or smell, or there's, there's pain, or there's like headaches, or uh, they call it like brain fog. Is anyone in the room dealing with effects of COVID? Just stand where you are. Thank One brave soul. I guarantee there's more people in the room that there's effects of long COVID. If you lost your taste or, or you lost your taste or your smell, I'm not talking about you the way you dress. No, I'm playing. <laughs> sense of taste. Anyway, I'm really funny also. Uh, what, what's the effects that you're dealing with? Okay, so smell is going on here. And what's over here? Okay. Taste. Okay. Oh, this is exciting. I like this. This is so good. Smell and taste. Right? Did I do that right? And back. Oh, in the back over here. And the brain fog. Oh, come on. How many of you know God's going to clear the air? Hallelujah. If you're next to them, why don't you put your hands on them, and you guys can just put your hands out and receive. Lord, we thank you. We take authority over COVID, and we, th we take authority over the effects of COVID. We break its power, and we command it to lift off of them now in the name of Jesus. We send, I declare Psalm 68, 1 and 2, where it says, God arise, let God arise, and his enemies be scattered. And then it says, let, like smoke is blown away by the wind. God, may you blow your enemies away. So we speak to the brain fog, blow it away. We speak to the taste and the smell. We command it to come back. Resurrection power in Jesus' name. We, we thank you that you resurrect their senses. You resurrect their smell. You resurrect their taste. Woo! Thank you, Lord. And I thank you for even, even the, the angels. You know, the, the Bible said that the angels are like ministering spirits sent to help those who will inherit salvation. That's us. And so, Lord, I thank you for the angels touching their smell, their taste, and their brains, their bodies, painting, pain getting out, and full, I command their bodies to come under full restoration and be aligned with heaven, just like Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. I command your bodies to be healed now in Jesus' name. Woo, amen. Here's what we need to do. We need to, we, we need to get some taste testers. Anyone have any Altoids? <laughs> What's that? Oh, you got communion juice. That's the best way to taste right there. Somebody, can you help serve them? Can somebody, can somebody help here? Pastor Brian, can you, can you hook them up with, with a little taste tester? You're doing smell though, hey? 
Do you have, that's fine, just smell. But do you have, uh, does anyone have any anointing oil? This is a Holy Ghost church. I know somebody's hiding oil in their back pocket here. Can you bring oil over here? Can you bring it over to her? Thank you, Lord. The reason why I test it is because sometimes the miracle happens in the doing. Jesus healed the lepers, and he said, and they said, go, show yourself to the priests. And then it's, the Bible said, as they went, then they were healed. Sometimes the manifestation happens, right? So t- taste, taste, the, taste the juice, man. T- taste the juice. Taste the rainbow. No, no, taste the rainbow. Only God's rainbow. We don't want to, this is random. Smell. Take a whiff of the oil. We're just testing to see what God's doing. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, see what it's like. How's that? How's the grape juice? Hey. Did the, did the flavor come? Can you taste the flavor of it? Is it, is it? I mean, for real, yeah, yeah. You can taste the flavor of the grape? Come on, thank you, Jesus. While you're taking communion, come on. You know, it's the meal that heals. Come on, somebody. How is it? How's it going on over here? You need a little bit more? <laughs> she can smell it. Okay, Lord, Here. Here, give her, give her the ju- give her the juice. Let me see your other hand. No, hold that. Let me see your hand. That hand. Lord, we thank you for what you've began, and we thank you that you carry it on to completion. <laughs> nose open up. Healing come forth in Jesus' name. I'm gonna touch your nose. Be healed in Jesus' name. Wow. Take a take another breath of that. <laughs> it's getting stronger. Come on. What, yeah, what is that oil smell? What is it? It's, oh, it's essential oils. Come on. Oh, young spruce. Let me smell that. Let me get a little northern. Ooh, yeah, that's, yeah, this one's going to, if you don't, if you can't smell, this one's going to open you up real quick. That one's bold and strong. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody give Jesus a hand. This morning, I do this stuff on purpose because I want to show it's the, not only the proclamation of the gospel, but is the demonstration of the gospel. The gospel is a show and tell gospel. And half the church only likes to talk a lot, but we got to be people who also demonstrate the power and the love of Jesus. Oh, that, there should have been more amens on that one. Maybe by the, by the end of this, there'll be some more. These are two scriptures I'm going to start with. Luke 24 and 49, Jesus, before he resurrects, says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay until the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. That's Luke 24 and 49. And then he says, you know this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Oh, there it is. And then let's go to Acts 1, verse 8. He said, you, you, let's read this together. One, two, three, go. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Someone say amen. Amen. God, God wants to give us power so we can reveal God. He, he, the, God wants to show himself to the world. He wants to reveal who he is to the world because people need to see him, but he's given us the responsibility and the privilege to reveal God to the world around us. 
This is why the power of the Holy Ghost has come. This is what I love. And, And hear me when I say this, and I will qualify this. But Jesus did not say, you'll receive tongues when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Oh, hallelujah. I speak in tongues more than probably all of you except for Pastor Cindy. I'm saying... I'm saying at least 80% of my prayer life is praying in tongues. I pray in tongues way more than I pray in English. And the reason why is because I know the Holy Ghost knows what I need to pray for more than what I think I need to pray for. And so the Holy Spirit is my helper, and I'm going to let him help me as much as he can. So I pray in tongues all the time, and I love it. But Jesus did not say, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll speak in tongues. He said, you will receive power. Somebody say, power. I mean, we were meant to be Christian people who walk in power. And what what we've done is we said, receive the gifts and then speak in tongues. And then there's a period at the end of the sentence and then we're done. And then we just get in the closet and shut up about a Hyundai, you know, and then we're like, what about Ikea? And I really did buy Ikea. And then like, and then we go out here and then we live just regular lives. Jesus is saying, when the Spirit of God comes on you, yes, you'll have tongues, but more than that, you will have a supernatural ability to reveal Jesus to the world around you. Ah. He he said, you will be witnesses to me. What is a witness? A witness is somebody who produces evidence. Oh, man, I want to be an evidence producer. I want to produce evidence of the reality of Jesus. I'm telling you, we do, we do this stuff everywhere we go. We see miracles, signs, and wonders. We see people get delivered. We see prophetic flowing and all kinds of crazy stuff. But there's always the naysayers. And you know what's crazy? The naysayers aren't the people in the world. It's the, it's the Christian people in the church. Oh, can I push on that for a little bit here? I'm saying sometimes it's not, it's not the people who don't believe the Bible that are the naysayers. It's the people who say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but that's supernatural stuff. I'm not too sure about that. I'm thinking like, bro, from Genesis to maps, it's all, it's all, it's all supernatural. The whole thing is supernatural. Everything about God is supernatural. So it should follow suit that the Christian people would also be supernatural since we're following a supernatural God. That Christian people would represent Jesus with the supernatural power of the Spirit of God. We have power to reveal God to people. It's not for ourselves. So when he says, you'll be my witness, he's saying, you will be, I'm giving you power to produce supernatural evidence of the reality of Jesus. Ah, it's the best privilege in the world. I'm, I'm saying, and I tell you this. With all my heart, like, I, I really love speaking in tongues, and I really do it more than when I do in English, and I've seen amazing things happen with tongues. Like, I, I, was, I was ministering at a youth camp way up in northern Canada a, a, a couple years, no, this is, this is 2019, so this was before the world had changed. And so I was up there, and we're praying for kids to be baptized in the Spirit, and we're, it's just like really like an altar call. So I'm just, I'm praying in tongues, and I'm pacing, and we're just praying over these kids. And, and, and I remember at the end, this guy comes up, or, or the lady who runs the camp said, hey, that guy was saying something about how when you were praying in tongues, he said, do you speak Maori? And I was like, I don't know what Maori is. <laughs> it's a tribe in New Zealand. Or, or actually, Papua New Guinea. It's a tribe over there. And if you ever watch the movie Remember the Titans, they're the guys who, they, the haka dance that they're trying to do, that intimidation thing. I'm not going to try to do it. But that's the Maori tribe that made up that dance. 
So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm actually, I was praying in Maori tongues. And I, I was speaking the Maori language. And when I spoke their language, he said, when you prayed, you did a full-on welcome to the Holy Spirit and a full-on doxology and praise to God in the Maori language. Ah, I was like, praise God. <laughs> and here's the kicker that I thought was crazy. Like a little bit after that, I did a the Ancestry.com DNA test. And you want to know, I have blood in the Maori tribe. A little percentage, but it's in there. <laughs> Come on. I'm thinking like, man, speaking in tongues is awesome. And the church, I mean, this is the most controversial, you know, underrated gift in the church. But I'm telling you, if we embrace this thing, it would be the most powerful thing, especially when you're ministering in, in other nations and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just the other day, I was, we had a worship conference, and I was praying for my friend, and I prayed in English, then I prayed in tongues, and then I prayed in English. And apparently, when I was praying in tongues, I was praying in French, because this lady comes up to me, this, this girl comes up, and she says, you speak French? I said, nope. <laughs> I said, we. Oui. No, I didn't say that. I said, I said, no, I don't do that. And, and I mean, I know a couple random words, but I'm not going to do some sentences. You know what I'm saying? It's like some of us with, with speaking Spanish, you're like, yo quiero Taco Bell. Like, that's all we know. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, you can't say that you speak Spanish if that's the only you got. And I'm like, so I prayed. And she said, when you prayed in English, that was English, yeah. You prayed in French. And then when you prayed and switched back to English, you said in English what you said in French. Like I interpreted my own tongues. But it wasn't because I went to school for seven years. It was because the Holy Ghost decided to interpret what he said in English, what he was saying in French. Come on, man. So I'm not against tongues. I'm just, I, just, I just know that that wasn't the only thing. It's one part of the big pie, if you will. That God wants us to produce supernatural evidence of the reality of Jesus. And so today, I honestly believe, is a day where God wants to distribute gifts to his church. I, I, I failed to give these scriptures to the guys in the back, but I'm gonna, I want you to write these down. Uh, Hebrews 2, 4, it said that, Hebrews 2 and 4, and I'm reading out of the NIV, it said that God testified to the, to the preaching of the gospel by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. I like that word, distributed. It feels like you're in a line, you're about to get some, 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 some God's going to distribute some gifts today. But he literally said, God testified to the gospel. He, he, he was right there with the gospel, confirming the message with signs, wonders, and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This is what happened in Jesus' life. Acts 2, verse 22. Peter's preaching, and he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you. How? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. That's Acts 2 and 22. I told you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump like this. I'm not going to read a whole long thing. I'm going to jump. But J Jesus of Nazareth was accredited by God. What was his accreditation? He went to rabbi school for 13 years? No, because the Holy Ghost came on him and he performed miracles, signs, and wonders through, through the power of the Spirit of God. And then the last verse of Mark 16 is 16, 20. Mark 16 and 20. It says, and they, the disciples, went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And then it says, amen. So that was the right place to say Amen. <laughs> I'm just showing you, I'm, 
I could, I could like dive into any number of scriptures in the, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts to show you what I'm saying is true, but I'm showing you a sampling throughout the New Testament that God's design for the Gospel and God's design for Christians is that we would not only tell the Gospel, that we would also show the Gospel. That it would be the proclamation and the demonstration. God wants to empower us as believers to show forth the reality of God. And I believe it here this morning in the Promised Church that the Lord wants to raise up the army of the Lord. Amen. You know, in Ezekiel 37, this is, this is side note, you know, the story is, the, the, the prophetic message is the valley of the dry bones. And it, the Bible says that the whole valley, the bones were very dry, filled with this, this army. But, but we didn't know it was an army until, you know, later on, verse 11. But, but Ezekiel goes there and, and basically says, you know, these bones are very dry. What am I going to do, Lord? And he, and he begins to say, prophesy, son of man. Prophesy to the breath. And, and he prophesies to the wind. And I believe the breath of God was filling them. And then it says, there was an exceedingly great army. And they stood up on their feet. But we don't always go to the next verse. The next verse tells us why they were in that condition. Because it's a prophetic metaphor. And it says that they were, it says, our hope is lost, our bones are dry, and we ourselves are cut off. Yep. In other words, it was the, the you got you to hear me on this. The people of God are the most powerful people on the face of the planet. There could have been a better amen on that one, but it's okay. I'm going to convince you by the end. I'm telling you, the people of God are the most powerful people on the face of the planet. Back then, it was only Israel. Today, it's us and Israel. I, I believe in, I'm, I'm not a replacement guy. I believe Israel, we're, we're still to bless Israel. I, I believe that there's, we, we bless the people of God there. God said, if you bless Israel, God will bless you. But if you curse Israel, then, you know, you will be lightly esteemed. That's what the Bible says. That's the nice way to put it. But it's not good if you're not on the side of Israel, just according to the scripture. So today, he, he's looking at the people of God. We're looking at Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, he's basically saying there's an army of God, but they're discouraged. Their hope is lost. And they felt like they're just cut off. I'm telling you, the, the cure for a hopeless army is the wind and the breath of the Spirit of God. Because it was the Spirit of God that brought life to them. Proverbs 17 and 22, what does it say? It says, a merry heart does good like medicine. But a lot of times we put a period right there, but there's a comma. A merry heart does good like medicine, but it says a, a broken spirit dries the bones. And where else in the Bible are dry bones but Ezekiel 37? And it's a picture of a church that's gone through hell and, and, and gone through trial and tribulation. And they let their circumstance be their prophet. And so they lay down in despair and in defeat. But the Lord's answer to despair and defeat and hopelessness is a fresh breath of the Spirit of God. That they would rise up on their feet and be the most powerful people on the face of the planet. Ah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. You could be hopeless and broken and, and, and feeling like you're checked out, clocked out, and you have nothing left to give. But the answer is not just 17 more counseling sessions, and I'm not against that, but the answer is not like seven steps to a better life. The answer is one answer, the wind of God, the breath of the Spirit, the, the blast of heaven to fill our lives, to make us stand up on our feet again. Hebrews 12 says that we would strengthen the feeble legs and the arms that hang down low. It's a picture of a people who have been discouraged by life's circumstances. I mean, we don't know persecution like the early church knew persecution. 
we have no idea unless you want to take a trip with me to Pakistan then you might get a little bit of an idea <laughs> but I'm telling you with here in America we don't we don't know persecution like they knew but at their time, they were discouraged and broken. And, and the, the Bible said they had the feeble knees and the arms that hang low. But, I, but Hebrews 12 said to strengthen those things. How does that happen? Not because you just heard a good sermon, but because the breath of the Spirit of God came inside of you and got you up out of your pit. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come hell or high water, I'm not backing down. And the only way you do it is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Right. Ah. We need the Spirit of God to fill us. We have the ability to reveal God. And it's not just for people in a pulpit. Only 2 to 3% of people in the church will be having a ministry in a pulpit. And that leaves the rest 90-something percent of people that have a ministry out there. And praise God, because the, the, the ministry here, this is not the end-all place. This is the send-all place. This is where we get the equipment. And then we get to go out and do the stuff. So, like, last week uh, on Halloween, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that at church. It's, it's harvest jam. No. We're like, <laughs> I didn't grow up going to church, so I, I like was in it for until I got saved, you know. And I do believe it's there's a lot of demonic stuff. It's it's jacked up. The roots of it is all demonic. So don't hear me right. But sometimes we get a little too crazy, and when then we go hide in our Christian huddles while the world. Lit, I'm telling you, it's crazy to me. The whole world is coming to your door to get candy. And if we turn our lights off and have a holy huddle in our living room because we're too afraid to participate in the demonic holiday, we just missed out on one of the best opportunities to preach the gospel to our neighborhood. There's mixed applause here. I love it. I'm making people uncomfortable. It's awesome. It's mixed. You know, you're like, I think I'm supposed to say amen, but I'm not sure. I want to say amen, but like, are we allowed to? Because it's like Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> I look at it as an opportunity. Yes. People knock on my door, they're getting Jesus. I don't consider myself a fivefold evangelist. I just believe that Christian people need to give Jesus out. Amen. But I do the work in evangelists all the time. I don't think I'm a fivefold evangelist, honestly. If you know me, you go through things, I don't think I'm a fivefold evangelist, but I, I win a lot of souls. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. You got the Holy Ghost. You're qualified. Come on. I'm, I'm saying people knock on my door and they, they try to sell me candy sometimes. You know, they're like, hey, can we, you know, sell this? I remember this girl came to my door. Actually, two people came to my door. Try to sell me candy because we're trying to raise money to go to Six Flags trip or whatever. I'm like, okay, here's a dollar. Give me your candy. All right, let me, my turn. And I preach the gospel to him. <laughs> You're going to sell me something. I'm going to give you something way better than that. Come on, that candy bar is going to spoil, you know. But the thing that I'm going to give you is going to last forever. And I share the gospel. I mean, I led people to the Lord on my front doorstep. Not because I went out evangelizing on a trip or on a, you know, an event, but because it's who I am, and I'm going to give Jesus away to anybody who gets in my path. So on Halloween, you know what I did? We set up a table, 
and I put a little ghetto. I'm saying the most ghetto sign you could ever imagine. I didn't go to a place and print it out, make it look all nice. I got a cardboard cutout. We ripped some cardboard off of some random box. I got some markers from my kid's little marker box, and I wrote on there free spiritual blessings. I put a table out, and it said free spiritual blessings, and then we had candy on the table, and it had these Billy Graham tracks, Steps to Peace with God. And guess what happened? People come up to the table, and I said, hey, guys, well, we're giving out candy, and Jesus loves you. Come on in. Can, I, can we pray for you? And we pray for so many people in my front yard on Halloween. And people come into our neighborhood because it's, it's like a newer community, so they, you know, they got this idea that it's more safe than the hood, or so, so they're coming into their... <laughs> I mean, it's a little true, though. So, you know what I'm saying? We're not putting razor blades in the Reese's Pieces. You know what I'm talking about? We're giving Jesus out there. And we're ministering to them. We preach the gospel. I shared the gospel to these two girls. They gave their lives to Jesus on my front yard on Halloween. And then I told this girl, I said, I said, hey, you. I said, Who, somebody's dealing with, like, shoulder pain here. And this girl's, like, walking on the sidewalk trying to, you can tell. Some people are, like, trying to get away, you know, because they know we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sniper them. And so they, they. <laughs> And the lady, she's like, she's like, oh, that's me. And then when she saw that I saw that it was her, I was like, oh, come here. And then she's like, oh, dang it. Because she knew, she knew that I was about to go get her. And I've laid hands on her, and the pain left. And I said, you know why Jesus is doing this? Because he loves you, and he wants to show you that he's real, and he's trying to get your attention. Did she get saved and fall on the ground and do the whole thing? No, none of that. She actually said, I'm going to pass right now. She literally said that to me. But at the end of the day, I did my job, and she has to deal with that. She, she got handed a miracle. What did I do? I revealed Jesus to her. I didn't go and tell her about all of her sin. I didn't tell her why she's going to hell in a handbasket. I didn't tell her anything that was wrong. I, I mean, not that we don't preach against sin. I preach against sin. It's a real deal. Repentance is a real deal. But I didn't go there with just trying to slap her down with some heavy-handed hellfire and brimstone. You, you know the Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So what did I do? I prayed for her, and she got healed, and she was a little freaked out. I'm telling you, people are looking at me like, what did you do to me? I'm like, it's Jesus. <laughs> I didn't, I literally, I'm telling you, we, this is not like an outreach that I had planned for months and months. What happened was last year, I took a walk with my kids, like our family, and, our, and, our, and, my, and my dog, and we're just walking around the neighborhood in October, and I saw it looked like hell threw up on people's front yards. And I'm saying, like, when I was a kid, it was not that demonic. But I'm saying today, I'm thinking like, geez, dude, it's like Chucky dolls on the front lawn. Like, this, like kids with knives, like statues with knives and kids and blood. And I'm telling you, like straight up demon stuff. I'm like, I'm thinking if the devil can be that bold, how much more should the body of Christ, the righteous are as bold as lions? Come on. The, the, the spirit of revival doesn't sit back. It says it's time to take back. We're not going to just sit back and let the neighborhood go to hell. Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm walking through it. I'm going like, wow, this is horrible. And my kids know too. They don't like any of this stuff either. We teach them, you know, we teach them about this, this, this spiritual realm and all that. But the point is, is that I saw that and I said, I want to do something. I am going to do something different in my yard. And I wanted to, but I, it cost too much money. <laughs> 
I wanted to get like, 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 like a throne room scene on my front lawn with the four living creatures, with a lion and, a, and an ox and a man and an eagle with eyes all around and within. I was going to put little sticky eyes and put them all over the thing and then have like a lamb that was slain on the side with seven eyes and seven horns. I thought, you want Halloween decoration? We're going to give you the throne of God. We're going to give you what heaven. I was going to do it. And then I started looking up on Amazon, like, how much is this going to cost? This is going to be a few hundred dollars. I'm going to go with the ghetto cardboard sign. Yep, I'm going with the, I'm going to go with the ghetto cardboard instead because that's a little too much. <laughs> and the Lord doesn't need all this stuff anyway. Like, I literally, I could just stand there with nothing and people would get touched because we got the Holy Ghost. He's our equipment. But I'm telling you this because I want to break our box of what we think is possible with God. The people that we ministered to were, there were teenage girls that got saved that, that prayed to accept Jesus. And there were, there were other kids who were getting blessed. It wasn't just like this certain age group or this whatever. Everybody was coming. The parents are coming with the kids and the teenagers. Everyone's coming through. And we are being a blessing. Didn't we sing that today? I'm blessed to be a blessing. Come on. We're, we're not just blessed people and then that's it. There's a, there's a reason why we're blessed. And it's not just for ourselves. It's that we would show forth the reality of God. I want to show people that God's real. I don't just want to argue them. Has anyone, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this has happened. I don't know. You guys are anointed. Maybe more anointed than me. But I don't know if I've ever had an argument with somebody and then I dominated them so hard, I like completely destroyed their argument. And then at the end they said, yeah, I really need to accept your Jesus. I just never had that before. Where I like, I slapped their argument down super hard. I'm like, nope, that's not true. That's a lie. And that is the devil. Let me tell you why you need Jesus. Like no one ever, I haven't had that yet. If you have, please tell me and we'll, you can, you can tell me how to do it. But I haven't had a moment where I argued somebody and then they decided they wanted to follow Jesus. But I've had plenty of times where I just showed the power and the love of Jesus and people say, yes, I want that. I don't, I can tell you more testimonies, but I gotta, I gotta speed this up here. <laughs> But I want to actually, okay, let me tell you this. This is testimony. It's not my testimony. <laughs> but did you guys know that Amy Semple McPherson had revival here in 1921 in San Diego? Did you guys know that? The San Diego Reader, which is like a publication here, they wrote an article about it in 2009. And I found it not too long, well, a little while back. And I thought, wow, this is wild. I had no idea. This was before that she went up to Los Angeles to do the Angeles Temple and to start the whole Foursquare denomination, the whole thing. But this is, this is in 1921, January and February. She went into the middle of a boxing ring. And, and at the end, there was like, you know, these guys are fighting. And then the announcer brings her up. And, and she just begins to say, we're going to preach the gospel here. And people are like booing and hissing and all this stuff. But she was bold and all this. She stood there. And they began to have revival meetings. It, it went so well. There was people repenting, people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, giving their lives to Jesus. And this revival went on for about five weeks in San Diego in a boxing arena. But there were so many people coming that they said, we got to move it to Balboa Park. You can read all of this. Just, just Google uh, Amy Semple McPherson San Diego Revival, and this will come up. It's in the Foursquare you know, uh, website as well, and they, she actually wrote about it in one of her books. But there were so many people getting touched that they moved it to the outdoor Spreckles Organ Pavilion. You guys know what I'm talking about, that big outdoor uh, kind of amphitheater there? They moved it there, and there were so many people that came. The, the, the article said that there's, with people coming and going and coming and going, there's about 30,000 people that came to San Diego. And in just two days, she had it in that Balboa Park area. That's a lot of people. And honestly, I'm not sure if we've seen a revival like that since then in San Diego. 
where 30,000 people are coming to receive a miracle from Jesus. That's a little over 100 years ago. How many of you know it's, it's, it's due time for another move of God? And here's the thing. I, I honor her and I honor what God did through her because I believe she came as a forerunner. But here's what I believe. It was not the complete picture of what God really wants to do. Because there was only one woman of God praying for 30,000 people to get healed. And they, she decided because her compassion, she, she was up on the stage. They had security and the whole thing to make it orderly. She decided, I'm going to get off the stage and I'm going to start laying hands on anybody. And the crowd started like crushing like almost you know the uh it's like the barricades are falling down people are now pushing through and it just started getting chaotic her her security lifted her back up on the stage or like basically like you can't be doing this kind of stuff because it's, it's gonna go wild but the reason why I'm bringing this story up is because I hear this story and I go, wow, 30,000 people coming to San Diego receiving miracles and getting touched by by the Lord but I also go what what about the what about if there was 30,000 believers who went out into the city and began to touch other 30,000 people. And there wasn't just one woman of God praying for 30,000, but there was 30,000 believers, men and women of God, releasing the power and the love of Jesus all over San Diego. How I many know oh, that would be a whole different type of revival where it wouldn't just be everyone having to rush to one place, but instead, oh, this is so good. Instead of having to go to one place, they would become the place that would go to every place. This is what this, the shift, and this is the revival that I believe God wants to do in our day, is that we wouldn't just go to a revival, but that we would become a walking revival. That with the, the Spirit of God moves inside of us, whether, whether you set up a table with a ghetto cardboard sign on your front yard, or everywhere you go just becomes a place for God to meet with people. I went to the post office a couple weeks ago just to deliver a book someone ordered on my website which I totally forgot to talk about, but who cares? You go to my website, breakerministries.com. If you want some books or some CDs, some music, Spotify, Apple Music, and a commercial. So I go to the <laughs> post office, and, and I go in there, and it happened to be closed. In Bonzel, close to where I live, it's, they have a little lunch break, and they, they close the, the post office. And I'm like, I don't know. This, this is like small-town business over here. And so we go there. And there was this young guy, 19-year-old dude, about to deliver something too. And I'm like, well, I guess we got to wait. So I walked over to the Mexican shop, get some tacos, because that's what you do when the post office is closed. I get some tacos. The dude strikes up a conversation with me. And then I'm like, oh, hey, praise God, there it is. <laughs> uh, and so he strikes up a conversation with me, and, I, and he asked me, hey, so uh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, hallelujah, here we go. <laughs> like, it's awesome when the fish jump into the boat. You know what I'm talking about? I shared my testimony, I preached the gospel, and the dude, before we got to go in, no, actually, no, we went to the, we went to the post office, then he's following me. Like, sometimes people are like, all right, I'm done, I'm out of here. The dude's following me, wanting to talk with me. And so I said, bro, I said, here's my testimony, this is how I gave my life to Jesus, and here's the gospel. I said, is that something you want to do? He said, yeah. I was like, wow, this is the easiest time I've ever led anyone to Jesus. He said, yeah, and he gave his life to Jesus in the parking lot of the Bonzel post office. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I share the testimonies with you because I want you to see how normal this is. And that it's not like you have to be into something for a super long time, and then there, therefore then God can show himself through you. All you need is the power of the Holy Spirit and some boldness. Amen. Amen. The, the, the message today is God's handing out some equipment, <laughs> and he wants to give you some gifts. 
And I and I'm telling you, man, I, I got a lot to say, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to the pl- the plane is it's circling the runway here. <laughs> it's probably gonna circle it about five more times, but <laughs> I, I'm 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 looking at all these scriptures and I'm going like, Lord, which one do you want to share? Uh, and I can tell you some more testimonies too. But let me I'm gonna show you this. This scripture is not gonna come on the screen, but uh, Ezekiel. This is a, this is kind of an obscure verse in Ezekiel, but it's Ezekiel 39:29, the last verse of Ezekiel 39. God says, I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. He said, I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel. I love this because it's basically saying, if you look at it in the inverse, he said, I'm not going to hide my face because I poured out my spirit. That means in the outpouring of the spirit, the face of God is revealed. People get to see the beauty and the face of Jesus when he pours out his spirit on his people. We become, we are the body of Christ, and we, begets, we begin to reflect his nature to the world around us. And sometimes we're going to preach, and sometimes we're just going to pray, but it's not like we got to give people three-point sermons in the, in the Costco parking lot. That's a, that's a wild place anyway. You won't have time for it there because they're people jacking the car spaces and all that stuff. Anyway, but I love this because he said, essentially, in the outpouring of the spirit, the face of God is revealed. In other words, people get to see God. This is what we want. This is our mission, that people would see God. I have some, I have a friend who, who, uh, well, she's taking a little break right now because she just started having kids, but she, uh, she has a bakery ministry. I don't even know if whatever it's called taste and see cakery. <laughs> and she bakes cakes. And as she's praying over these cakes and they, they're like the kind where like epic designs where like they'll build things and it makes looks like it should be on cake boss or something. If you know what that show is, but it's like really, really excellent. And then she prays for the people and then she puts prophetic words and then sends them with a prophetic message and prays over the, the, the stuff. And I think that's amazing. What a creative way. We had a friend that, my friend Jeremy knows a, a, a girl who would paint pictures and, and do art and that type of stuff. And she just painted this picture of a woman's face because that's just what came to her. She saw, like, she felt like the Lord was leading her. And then uh, they had like an art display, kind of like what they do at Carlsbad Village or Seaport Village where they display their art. Uh, a lady who was a practicing witch comes into her tent and she looks at the painting and it's her face that the woman painted. She said, how did you do that? What did you do? What's going on? And the lady began to prophesy to her, and she began to give her life to Jesus because she saw her face prophetically painted. I mean, come on, man. God's pretty creative. And God wants to use you and your unique gifting and your unique abilities to do this stuff. Oh, here we go. We're trying to land here. Here's a couple more scriptures. Jesus. Just say, Lord, help him. Acts 2.17. Jesus, Jesus, or yeah, Jesus, Joel, prophet Joel, Peter, he gives us another clear reason for the outpouring of the Spirit. And he says in Acts 2.17, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. 
Here's the deal. Another earmark of the prophetic, or I'm sorry, I should switch that. Another earmark of people filled with the Spirit is that they would be prophetic people. Amen. That, again, I, I, I want to... I want to just say, guys, we can't, we can't think that it's just someone with a microphone that gets to do the stuff. He said, if you got the Spirit of God, sons and daughters will prophesy. That, that we would share the heart of the Father with the world around us. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Especially prophecy. Well, I don't know, man. I just think we need to pursue the giver and not the gift. It's just not what the Bible says. Come on. Oh, I got quiet now. Praise God. I like that. I like that because I can feel the uncomfortability when I say stuff like that. It's awesome. My ministry, some people's ministry is to comfort the afflicted, but my ministry is to afflict the comforted. Come on. Yeah. So I get excited when people get uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, praise God. I'm shaking them out of something because it's the word. He said, eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. We're only supposed to pursue the giver. No, I mean, I, I get it. I, I'll pursue the giver the rest of my life. But the giver told me to pursue the gift. Yes. You with me on this? Amen. Okay, here we go. We're going to pray. <laughs> here's your, if you want three points, here's your three points real quick. How does this happen? Number one, you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Really simple. Well, I got baptized 20 years ago. Well, you need a fresh infilling for sure. I, pray it, I actually pray every week, God, fill me with the Spirit of God. I need a fresh fire. Number one, be filled with the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, be ready to serve. Look for opportunities. Number two, be ready to serve. And number three, take a risk and be bold. Yes. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet with me. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your spirit being poured out here this morning. I want to pray for you, and we're going we're gonna to release you guys in just a couple minutes, but I want to pray for you, and then if you want more ministry, I'm going to invite you to come forward, and we're going to lay hands. I believe the Lord wants to distribute gifts of the Spirit according to His will. But here's the thing. Some people get passive when they say, oh, it's just His will. We just read a verse that said you got to eagerly desire. So there is a relationship here. God has his will, but we also have our will. And we want to pursue the Lord with hunger and with great fervor and passion to say, God, I'm going to desire these gifts. I want you to distribute some gifts to me today. And then he goes, wow, I see your hunger. I'm going to meet that because the blessed are the hunger, the hungry and the uh, blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. And so just lift your hands to the Lord this morning and begin to ask him. Just take 30 seconds and in your own words, just say, Lord, I, I ask you to fill me with your spirit. I ask you to distribute gifts to me. I ask you to distribute gifts of the Holy Spirit to me that this morning I'd come away with something fresh. This morning that we would come away with, with a new gift, with a new impartation. Like Paul went to the Romans, he said, I, I want, I'm longing to impart some spiritual gift to you. This is why I've come here today, because God wants to impart some spiritual gift to you. And so Holy Spirit, we thank you that you distribute gifts all over this room, Woo, right there. Lord, I thank you for all the gifts of the Spirit. Father, we thank you for the word of wisdom. We thank you for the word of knowledge. Father, we thank you that you release the gift of faith and gifts of healings. Lord, release it to your people today. Release the working of miracles. Release the gift of prophecy. Release the discerning of spirits. Release diversity of tongues. Release the interpretation of tongues. Lord, baptize us with the Spirit of God and with fire.
fill us right now. Just say, Lord, I receive your fire. Woo. Now just drink it in. Just receive right there. Some of you are going to actually begin to feel the weight of God come on you. You're going to begin to feel Woo, man, I feel power moving through this room. Some of you are going to begin to feel the spirit of God. Some of you are going to feel that weight come on you. You might feel the fire. You might feel like it's like tingling on you coming. That's the electricity of God coming. And if that's you, I want you to just come out of your seat. If you can literally feel the power and the presence of God, I want you to be bold and I want you to come out of your seat. And, and then I'm going to officially release you guys. And if you want prayer ministry, then just come to the front. I'm going to pray for people. God bless you guys. Receive, receive, receive in Jesus' name.